This weekly podcast inspires you to step outside of your comfort zone. My name is Zakir Muhammad, and I'm your host of the Living Legacy Podcast. I am a cancer survivor, brand cultivator strategist, author, and world traveler. This Living Legacy Podcast features women of purpose sharing stories of resilience. They are single and married. They are artists and entrepreneurs who run businesses and juggle parenthood. If you are ready to hear interviews about professionalism, entrepreneurship, travel, life, and love, you are in the right place. They will share stories of how they overcame adversity while seeing life through a different lens. Let's get into it. So today on a Living Legacy podcast, we have Nikki Woods. She is a trendsetter, social media influencer, author, motivational speaker, and a mother. Nikki is a mother of two boys who are young adults now and two dogs who thankfully are teenage boys. She studied at Howard University in Washington, D.C. and currently resides in Dallas, Texas. With her widespread and diverse social media platforms, Nikki continues to empower, educate, and enlighten those who are looking to impact the world with their message. She gets speakers, authors, and experts the visibility they need to build a business they love. She has more than 20 years of experience as an on-air personality and former senior producer of the Tom Jordan Morning Show, the most successful syndicated urban radio show in history. She is also the CEO of Nikki Woods Media, a corporation that works with entrepreneurs, influencers who want to grow their businesses to six figures by leveraging the media and monetizing their expertise. She considered one of the leading media strategists and trainers. She has written six best-selling books and featured in CNN, Huffington Post, Black Enterprise, The New York Times, and much more. She's also positioned her students and clients to be seen by over 873 million people and generated over eight figures in sales from the media. She's mentored more than 500 best-selling authors, and today we get to talk about how we first got connected, the power of why you be an author, getting more media placement, and importance of pivoting. So thank you, Nikki, for being here. I am really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. So, okay, um, first of all, I grew up on a time during the morning, so my parents absolutely love this. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I love the fact that you love connecting with women in the media. I, I do. I do. I think that, um, and I think it's a little easier now, but when I first started, um, I mean, you, it's like if you wanted to get a job, somebody had to lose a job. Like you couldn't make your own opportunities like you have. Like I couldn't go create a podcast because nobody knew what a podcast was. Or I couldn't go start an internet radio show or YouTube even. People didn't really care that much about YouTube. So um, so it was a it was a cutthroat kind of business because everybody was kind of watching their back and they didn't want to help you because they didn't want you to take their job. So I was lucky to meet some very key, you know, women that helped me and was like, whatever you need, just let me know. And it was such an empowering experience and really shifted my mindset. Um, you know, to to more, I guess, of an abundance mindset and whatever's for me is for me and nobody can take it. Um, and it just it just made life so much easier for me. And so even though, like I said, I think there are a lot of opportunities now for people to really just say, I'm going to just do it. I don't have to wait for anybody to, to give me permission. Um, I still think that there's some value in, in guidance and value in mentoring and value in support and just, you know, pouring into somebody else to help them get to where they want to be. Absolutely. And I feel like that's, that's really important because, I mean, the quote is there of, you know, you get kind of lonely, the higher you get up the success ladder. But I'm starting to believe it doesn't have to as long as you find the right person to hold their hand and take them with you. Yeah, I look at it like it's like, you know, the whole field of coaching now. I mean, I think that, you know, you can you can struggle and you can do it on your own because you don't want you know anybody to take anything. 
or you can, you know, benefit from the experience that other people have had. And, you know, obviously a coach, you pay him, but mentors, you know, usually are free. And so um, I really think it's everybody's responsibility in one form or another to to mentor somebody along the way. Absolutely. So here's here's a funny story. Okay, so we first got connected through Twitter. We've been connected on Twitter for so long. And then in 2014, I got to direct and produce my first ever PSA of my own. So I collaborated with Charles Maddox, he's Bob Marley's nephew, and we originally met at the Congressional Black Caucus. This was when I was living in Washington, D.C. So he was like, okay, we need people who uh, support diabetes or are diabetic or have family who are, uh, are diabetic. So I'm like, okay, let me see who I can reach out to. So I like, I reached out to several different people and you were one of them. And so you wanted to do it, but then it was like, but wait, I'm in, I'm, I'm, well, it's not going to work out. <laughs> but we, didn't anyways. we didn't have Zoom at the time, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but it worked out. And so, you know, we just kind of kept in touch. And we were just, you know, on uh, every other social media platform since. And it's such a small word anyways. So, and, and it's so yeah. funny because like my team will bring, like, you know, as we brainstorm for clients and even myself to do media, they'll bring me names. And when they put yours in front of me, I was like, that's my buddy. <laughs> like, <I> heard, <laughs> That's my buddy. Don't worry about that one. So it's it's funny to see their faces. They're like, you just know so many people. And I was like, that's the power of social media. It's like you can just shrink the world, like you said. So Exactly, exactly. And so what's so funny is that I wanted to start my podcast. Originally, the Living Legacy podcast was supposed to shine a light on how dark the entertainment music industry can be, but also educate, inspire, you know, bring more women to the forefront, right? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Hold on. Let me let me repivot re- this a little bit. So then it be- became to be, okay, let me talk about who I am as a photographer, as a media, you know, strategist. And it's been season three and it's been amazing. So I get to have you on here finally and we get to talk about the good stuff. So we get to go up close and personal and, and talk about the road less traveled, right? Because I believe you've taken a few roads less traveled. Road less traveled for sure. <laughs> for sure. <yeah. laughs> Yeah, but you know what? It's like it's interesting because, you know, entertainment continues to be, it's always been, it's just a challenging industry to to be in. I mean, you're judged on who you are and what you do. It's not that you can add a row of numbers, you know, like an accountant or you, I mean, it really is you and your personality. And so it's, you've got to develop some very tough skin um, in order to, to remain in this business. And so even though it, it has been challenging, I mean, there've been some days where I'm like, I just want to go work at Walmart. Um, but, you know, I've also had so many amazing experiences and I've learned so much and I've grown so much and met so many amazing people that, like, I couldn't imagine having done anything else. Right. And it, that's the thing. It, it's really, it, it is really hard, but it, we don't want to scare anybody away. It's like, if you are naturally a creative, like this conversation is for you, the industry can be for you, there's a way to make it work. But what are some things you learned that most women don't know? And how have you like utilized those skills, you know, since then? Of what have you learned, and what most people don't know? I, you know, I think um, I think the one thing that has served me very well, and I think that a lot of um, you know women get it wrong, but they have to get it wrong. And I think that's because even in the entertainment industry and in, in radio and TV, it's still a very much male-dominated, you know, industry like many are. And so I think that when you're in, you know, a position of management or you're, you know, it's like 
you know, on a daily basis, I was telling people like Tom Joyner, Al Sharpton, Roland Martin, Don Lemon, you know, these high powered dudes, like what to do? Like I was the boss. And so I think that a lot of women then, you know, they become, they take on very manly kind of, you know, characteristics is they want to be taken seriously and they want people to. And and for me, that just never worked. It's like, I don't want to be a dude. You know, I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want all this testosterone energy. You know, there's enough. Um, but you have to be very sure of who you are. Um, and so a lot of times in those situations, you know, they either go one way where it's just they're too, too harsh and then they go the other way, which can get you in a lot of trouble too. So it's really about owning who you are and just being very comfortable in the fact that you can be a woman and you can be feminine and you can be, you know, I'm a mother. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I, you know, I want everybody to get along. I want to nurture and love and bake cookies. Um, but you can still be in control and be a leader at the same time. And so I think that when you own that and you really own who you are, it makes life a lot easier because once you start compromising, then that next compromise is like right around the corner. It's like, you gotta keep going. And I don't, and I think people know it's not genuine and I don't think that they respect it. Um, and what, you know, when I came in, Tom was like, you was tough. Like I came in and I was like, look, this is what's gonna happen. Like, okay, like as long as we, you know, I don't wanna be your friend. We all have to hang out. We're gonna just make some good radio and we're gonna get it done. And I think that he just respected that from, from the get go. And even though we did become friends and we did hang out, we had a very, professionally respective relationship um and it worked well for us absolutely yeah and so i mean no new friends but at the same time you know good friends can get you in the right place like that's all it is it's a matter of knowing the right people being in the right place at the right time well i just think those are good relationships right and so i i, I don't think i've always been of the mindset like i don't have to like you to work with you we don't have to go eat breakfast together we don't have to go my, our kids don't have to play together I mean, we can have a very, um, you know, warm professional relationship, productive relationship um, and get things done. And I think that's that's the difference. Like you definitely want to build relationships um, and you want to nurture those relationships and you don't want to end those relationships unnecessarily because it is a small world. Um, and I don't think people really realize like how like I know the producer at Steve Harvey. I know the producer at Ricky Smiley. I know the producer at Oprah. You know, I, we're, it's a small world. And, you know, if you do something that irritates me, you know, we're just having a producer fest, right? We're just venting. It's not like I'm calling them and saying, oh, don't ever book. But I'd be like, I had this, you know, she was 10 minutes late and then she wanted to be deep, you know, and it's, and so word gets around and you just, you just don't want that to happen. I think it's really important, you know, like you said, just to build great relationships, like, but at the same time, you don't have to be friends with everybody. Having a great relationship and being friends are, are two, you know, totally different things. Now let's talk about pitching. Like those who are getting, <laughs> getting their feet wet, right? They they're getting started. They want. They know what they want, right? So they're shooting for the star, which is great. But uh, there's a right and wrong way to pitch. So absolutely, let's talk about that. So I think the one thing that people, the biggest shift that people need to make when they want to pitch the media is they have to realize it's really not about you. Like it's not about your book. It's not about the fact that you have a business and a service. It really is about what you're going to bring to the audience and what value you have to deliver. Now, of course, if you wrote a book that teaches somebody how to become a millionaire in three years, you know, the value is what you've written in the book. And so instead of, you know, emailing and I've, I got tons of these, you know, emailing and in the subject line, uh, I just published my first book. I want to tell your audience about it. 
No. <laughs> As opposed to saying, I want to help your listeners become millionaires in three years. I have strategies and tips to get them there. That's an automatic yes, right? And, and oh, you happen to have a book that people can buy. So it's that kind of mindset. I mean, like, I know I've written books, so I know how long it takes. I know how proud people are, you know, writing. So, I mean, it's all, it's labors of love. They're your babies. Um, but we don't have to love them. We just have to know what it's going to do to help us. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you lead with the value, more media will open to you. Um, and then I think the other thing that people just seem to think is that, like that it's just them. Like they're the only person pitching the media. Um, and so if I don't respond within you know five minutes, they're like calling me on the phone. Like, did you get my pitch? And I'm like, yeah, yours and 999 other people's. <laughs> so People take it really personally if they don't get an answer right away or if they don't get an answer at all. And then they just quit because they think nobody you know, wants to hear what they have to say. And that's really, I would say 75% of the time, that's probably not the case. 75% of the time, they probably haven't even seen your email. So take a breath, <laughs> you know, put your big girl panties on um, and send a follow-up email. Um, even me, even I, as I pitch, and I know so many people in the media, you know, we're colleagues, we're friends, they, they see my name, they're going to open the email. Even then, I don't always get a response on the first email because like I would, they open it, they look, oh, cool. And I'll get back to her. And then three days later, you know, then they think about it again. So most people will get booked on the follow-up and not necessarily the initial email. So if you don't get a response and you give up, then you've just, you know, stabbed yourself in the foot. You realize that you're not the only one. It is not personal. Um, you know, you just have to keep trying, but definitely um, send a follow-up email because that's really, they always say the fortune is in the follow-up. Um, and that's true in the media as well. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and some people, uh, that's, like you said, that's where they, they lose it. They lose it of, uh, in a follow-up. It doesn't mean no, it doesn't mean no. Most of the time it's like not right now because they got so many other things going on. Oh, yeah. No, like literally I would get thousands of pitches a day. I mean, you know, from from and, and it's not just like from people like us, like people who really have something to say. It could be from a drug company, you know, or some organization that just constructed some kind of a steel toe that they think, would, you know, it's just it's everybody. So it's just a mirage of information. And, and nobody has the time to sit there and go through all of them and then send like this politely worded, you know, maybe not now, but contact me in two months. And maybe, you know, nobody has time to do that. Um, but then there are also some very basic things like, you know, my name is spelled N-I-K-K-I, you know, so if I get one that says N-I-C-K-Y, it's going to be an issue, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, you know, we're still in the entertainment business. It's still ego driven. And so you just want to get some very basic things right. And I think the beauty of where we are now is like, you can just Google them on Twitter and figure out how to spell their name. Um, there's so much information that you can get now and so many different ways to contact people. Because journalists will take pitches on social media now. You don't even have to just email. You can just hit, you know, inbox them on Instagram. And, you know, or sometimes they're looking on Facebook and they see you doing a live and they reach out and want to book you. So it's just, I think it's just the world has just opened up in so many different ways. And even when it comes to getting, getting media. Are you ready to start your own progress? Now is the best time for you to share your story. Your story needs to be told. Sign up with my promo code LEGACY at signup.libson.com to get 45 days of free hosting. That means this month and next month free. So visit signup.libson.com and use promo code LEGACY. I love that. Now let's talk about 
the different mediums that there are out there now. Okay, so there are blogs, podcasts, print. What are the difference to you? What do you what are the difference between each when it comes to pitching, getting media placement? Or are they similar? Well, no, they're not necessarily similar, but I think that everybody thinks that, you know, they have to be on CNN, you know, and if they don't, then it's like this, you know, total failure, like they just haven't made it in life. Um, And obviously CNN is great. I mean, that's 20 million people that you've got as captive audience. But if the goal is to um, fill your event or if the goal is to get somebody to come into your barbecue store or something like that, I mean, CNN may not be the most beneficial place for you. Because somebody in New York is not driving down to the foothills of Georgia to go get barbecue. So you just have to think and, and figure out what your goals are and then match it up to that. Um, and then I think the other thing that people don't realize is that there are some really, really large podcasts out there. And so if you get a podcast that may reach 5,000 to 10,000 people, even less than that. But because podcasts are so specific, you have... 5,000 to 10,000 of people who are your ideal client, then that is a winner all day long over being on CNN with 20 many million people and none of them care what you do, right? So there's blogs for, for everything. I was, I was reading something somewhere and there's a blog for people who, um, all they do is travel around in RVs and it's like called the RV life. <laughs> like Who listens to that? But they're the number one podcast. They've got like hundreds of thousands of downloads. So it's like podcasts are so great because you really can go to a very specific audience. Um, But but I think the goal is always to to diversify as well. Um, And so sometimes local media is great. Sometimes print is better. It just depends. So you really want to to think about your strategy, what your goal is, and what's going to get you there um, the quickest. And if you go on, actually, I'm just sharing this next before I forget. But if you go on my website, there's a, a template for a press release that I send out. Um, but if you get that, like three emails down the line, you'll get how to put together a PR strategy. And so it'll tell you kind of like what the differences are um, and what, what really work. You know, some people, I have one client who we can't book her on traditional media to save because she can't say anything in five minutes or less. She just cannot. So she's got to be on a podcast where she has 30 minutes <laughs> to get her message out. So it just it really just does depend on who you are and what you do and what, what your goal is. Yeah, so I believe messaging is important. Uh, perfecting your message is important. Um, I've been, my parents have introduced me to Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris, and she has, her message is about childhood trauma. So she's been doing such a good job about uh, talking about it. So she actually got to do a TED Talk. And so that's where we started. We started off with the TED Talk, and then we found one with her on Google Digest. And so for me, I'm like, she has perfected her message because at first, the first video, I learned a lot. The second video, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, it's reinforcement because she's saying the same exact thing. So how important do you think it is for people to really perfect their message and make sure they have the same message wherever they are? So, so I don't know. Well, I think everybody has the same foundational thing. I think everybody, you know, at the very heart, if you boil it down, you have, you know, you have one very basic thing that you do. Like I'm all about communication, whatever that means, whether I'm being interviewed or I'm interviewing somebody or I'm helping somebody else to get interviews, it's all about communication. Um, And so knowing that and who you are really kind of um, cuts out the noise. And so you're not running over here and doing here just because you want to get media. But I think that, um, I think the thing that's so important about messaging and TED Talks are a great way to really hear this um, is that it's not about like what you know, 
it's like I've worked with like doctors and surgeons and scientists and I'm like, oh, we people do not care like what that particle is like. They just really do not. And so it's about when you get your messaging right, you get you get what motivates what you do. So you get why you do what you do. So the person, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't get her name, but what, you know, she talks about childhood trauma because there's some motivation for her to talk about it, right? And so it, I was talking to this therapist, um, it was a few years ago, and, you know, and, and everybody's like, well, why did you decide to go into radio? And I'm like, I don't know, why not? Why not do TV, you know? And so I was talking to this therapist who wanted to be a client and she was therapying me. And so we were just talking and I was telling her a story about my father who used to, um, we were doing something and he was trying to get something important done. And all of a sudden he just turned around and he told me, he was like, shut up. He's like, nobody wants to hear it. And it was so unlike my dad that it was traumatized. And so I told her that story and she's like, well, you know, who else would want to talk to 10 million people every single day other than a little girl who was told to shut up and nobody ever wanted to hear what you had to say? Like, I'm, you're going out every day saying 10 million people are listening to me, <laughs> you know, and it's just, so that's what motivated me. And so learning that you really can put your messaging together and you can tell that story and then people can connect with you. But if you're just throwing facts and figures and particles and, you know, then people people don't care. They'll get to that later, but they want to connect from the heart. And what's so brilliant about TEDx and getting your messaging is that's what that does. That hones the the facts and the figures um, down to what really connects you, and that that's your heart. Absolutely. And you basically did that in your book Shift that you published in 2015. Twenty women sharing stories of strength, courage, interceding against our odds. Uh, and so, how do you help other authors to really? Uh, nail it down that story and and really just kind of become an author for the first time get that story out there to become an author yeah you know i think it's i think that process is so interesting and i'm going through this with a, a, a group of guys i'm not actually doing the writing but somebody else is and it was funny because we interviewed them we got their story they're they're all very successful lawyers and they want to write a book about you know, their success, but also the challenges that they've overcome. And so they're telling us all this stuff and we're writing it down. And then we send them back their chapters to read. And they were like, this isn't what I said. And I'm like, that's exactly what you said. And it's so it's interesting when you really do, when somebody else hears it and hears the heart and puts it on paper, they're like, oh, you know, wow. You know, I didn't know that came across so strongly. And so what I love, and I think it's just the interview process. I think it's the conversation. Like I could do this with you all day, right? I love the conversation. And so I think that that's what was so special about Shift is we had all of these phenomenal conversations with women who had been through some things. I mean, some, I couldn't even imagine, but it had come out the other side. And I, at the, the time that I decided to do it, had been really struggling because, you know, in the media, you know, you want to, you have a very public life, but you have a very private life at the same time. And you're very careful about what information you share. And so I, I didn't share, like, I've never told my, anybody my daddy told me to shut up. You know, I'd never shared any of the trauma that I had been through, the challenges. And when my niece got old enough to go to college, I was like, this is not fair. It's not fair for people to look at you and think that you have this life, you know, that that's not true. I mean, even though I have a great life, it's not, you know, there have been bumps and bruises and I wanted people to know it is okay to fall. It is okay to be beaten down. Like sometimes it's not even your fault. 
and it happens, but it is your choice to stay there. Like it's your choice to, to be a victim or to come out of it. And I think that's why I love radio and TV and writing and all those forms of communications, because to me, it's just about storytelling. Um, and when you tell your story, you give other people permission to tell theirs. And I think that we're only, um, as somebody said, as sick as our secrets. And so the more that we keep in and don't share, other people keep it in and may do even more dangerous things. And so, you know, I think it's really important for people to tell their story and not just the pretty part of it. You know, what happened before and how did you deal with it and get through it? Because honestly, I don't think there's anything that anybody can go through that somebody else hasn't already been through uh, in one form or the other. But if we don't share it, then people feel like they're alone and they're ashamed. And then and that's when 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 it goes bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, most of the time you have to step outside of yourself to really see what's really going on. But also there is someone who always has it worse than you, even if it doesn't feel like that because it's so dark right now with wherever you're going right now. But there is a way to get to the other side of the tunnel, get see the rainbow at the end. Because it's always there. Yeah, and I mean, it, but it's, it's like having conversations like this, which is why I think what you do is so important. Um, bringing, you know, people's stories to a wider audience and, you know, really being able to break things down for people. I think it's super important. I mean, I'm like, my kids don't think I'm about much. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, we go out and talk that's about- That's a good thing, in a way. At least they're not like, my mom's a celebrity, you know? Yeah, they, they think I'm their mom. And it's like, we go out in public and I, my, like my youngest son told me that I had to stop telling people just to Google me because people were like, well, who are you? I'd be like, we just go Google. He's like, mom, you can't tell me. I'm like, but I can because I've worked very hard to get to the top of Google. Um, so it's, you know, but like I said, when I'm at home, like I got two kids that need me. I got two dogs that got to go outside and go to the bathroom every two hours. You know, it's like a very regular life. Um, and so I don't want anybody ever to think that, you know, I walk around in like red lipstick, you know, all day and it's all glitz and glam because it's not. And that's okay. But I think people get into this life thinking it's going to be a certain way. You know, they live, everybody's living their best life, you know, on social media. And they think that it's always that way. And when it's not, they think that they've done something wrong or something's wrong with them. So um, I really think it's irresponsible of people um, not to be transparent about who they are and, and, and their story. Now, how you share it, obviously, I have no judgment about. But um, I just think it's, it's irresponsible not to give people the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you for being so open and vulnerable and accessible and for being so open with collaborating with other women, other authors. And so how can people really do that to really work with you one-on-one -on -one or work, get one of your services or get one of your templates? Uh, so they can go to my website, which is NikkiWoodsMedia.com. Um, but it, <laughs> my mom says it's easier to tweet me than it is to call me. So you can find me everywhere on social media. Um, I love talking to people. I love meeting different people. Um, I think one of the, the things that this, you know, kind of forced time out has done for a lot of us is to really um, be able to take the time and nurture some of these relationships. You know, we've had just kind of like social media meetups where we've just, you know, all gotten together on a Zoom call and just talked because we have a little bit of, of, of extra time. Um, so, yeah, you can get at me on social media or you can, you know, hit me up on my website. You can contact me through there. Um, I've got a lot of free resources if you're interested in, in getting greater visibility for your business or your brand. Um, but like most of all, I just, I just like to talk to people. I love that. Now you've been in film, you've been in broadcast, you've been a producer, you've been in PR. 
but what do you think would define you as your purpose? Like I said, I think my purpose is to share stories. And I think that the, the element that I do it best in is, is on air. I mean, I think that the conversations that like you, you know, that we can bring to the forefront is what fulfills me most. Um, but I think that everything I have done, like life is so layered. And so I think that everything I've done has like just added to where I'm going. And I really love that. I mean, I love that I have such a diverse um, communications, you know, background. Um, one of the reasons that Tom hired me as a producer is because I had been on air um, and I really could understand like what he would need in order to to do his job because some some people don't. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, somebody, you know, trying to train a singer how to be a singer, but they've never sung. You know, it's 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 a different feel. So everything, um, I think, in my career and, and, you know, things have gone wrong. Like I've been fired a few times. You know, it's like, you know, they say in radio or TV, if you don't get fired at least twice, you're not really doing your job. So um, so it's not like a bad thing. But I think what's interesting about it is like because I think so many people are afraid to be, be fired. And I think so many people and I just look at it as a release, like I'm just not supposed to be there anymore. And every time that's happened, like, you know, I got fired. Well, I don't know if I got fired or I left in Boston, but it was a bad situation. But I was in Boston. <laughs> and even though it was a top 10 market, you know, it was it was what they call a sun up to sundown station. So when, you know, sun came up, they went on. When sun went down, they went off. And so I went from Boston to Chicago, which was a million dollar market. I mean, a million person market. Which, so that was an upgrade. And then they fired me in Chicago because they brought in um, Steve Harvey Morning Show. And then I went to 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 Dallas and that's 122 cities, 10 million people upgrade. So it's like, you have to, I think it's all how you frame things. And so for me, I think I've loved every aspect of it, but if you're like talking about like what really feeds my soul, it's like these conversations that I would have when I, when I'm on air. So that's why I still, I still do a lot of it. I still do podcasts. I still love doing interviews. Um, I still do freelance. Um, but I also knew that I had a greater purpose to help people um, figure that part of it out too. So I love, I love the business that I do as well. I love that. I love that. Okay. So we're definitely going to be in touch with you anyway. It's the best way for us extroverted introverts and experts to still get together, <laughs> you know, communicate. Well, I'm extroverted introvert, right? So like when I'm, when I'm in work mode, I'm like, da, 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 you know, but I don't mind a Friday night, um, movies, popcorn, hot chocolate, yeah. you know, no, nothing and nobody too. So. Yeah. What, now, do you, what do you think you are? Introvert. So I will just say that. So, but I okay. think that you know you learn to do what you have to do in order to be what, you know successful in what you love. And part of being in in you know the public eye is that you have to be public. <laughs> so, so I you yeah. know I love it, but um, but yeah, I am very much an introvert. Love it, love it, and that's Bobby Bond. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's thank fun. you, Nikki. This has been fun. Thank you. I enjoy it. And I can't wait to share this with everybody so more people can learn about you and what you're doing. And you too. I mean, that's the thing about us women. Like, we're like the backbone of all these men. Like you say, we, we you know, we, we give birth to their, their dream. But like, what about us? So, what about yeah. us? Yeah. No, and I, think, and I think that's phenomenal. And so I'm just, I'm honored that you had me on. I, you know, love the conversation. And obviously, if there's anything I can do to support you, you just let me know. Uh, and we will, we'll rock this out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R 
A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com. Do you have any suggestions on a topic you want to be talked about? Send me an email or leave them in a review. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with your friends.